0: hello and welcome to the future tribe podcast each week we'll be talking about getting things done we'll talk to people who've built up their businesses pulled off amazing projects and cover everything from psychology and strategy to the tips and tricks that will help make your dream a reality we're the podcast that's all about empowering the optimists and the go-getters i'm your host jermaine muller you're listening to the future Tribe podcast and this episode is just getting started Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Last Two Weeks on Tuesday. Uh, So this week we're going to cover everything from the previous episode onwards. So that's from the 3rd of September um, till about the 17th of September. Um, And as usual, I am joined with um, today by Hayden. How are you going today Hayden? Not too bad, Jermaine. How are you? Not too bad. We've got a whole bunch of articles. We were just chatting. Um, There's a lot to talk about in the last fortnight, Um, so we might just have to rush through a few, few, and then um, spend a bit more time on the others. Um, Last time we, we uh, last episode was a bit out of control. We ended up talking for for about forty five minutes. So (laughs) the conversation was just too good. (laughs) that's it we could probably spend the same amount of time uh this week but let's um we'll try and we'll try to be quicker with it yeah that's it that's it all right so uh let's get the ball rolling um i guess everyone's been talking about the um apple product launch um we we thought we might quickly join in on the noise as well and the crowds of people talking about it um, what was the most interesting takeaway from from the product launch for you, Hayden?
1: Um, the most interesting takeaway was definitely how aggressive Apple is being with its subscription models for Apple TV and um, Apple Arcade. Um, as for the iPhone stuff, just to get it out there, I thought it was pretty iterative. The people I've talked to who you know who have iPhones who are plugged into the space didn't really think much of it. I mean, it's just like every year, right? Better camera, better specs on the phone. So I won't talk too much about that. But the Apple TV stuff is interesting for me because it seems like they're undercutting um, Netflix and other streaming platforms pretty significantly. Um, it's priced at $5. Well, um,
0: oh, in, yeah, in the US. Yeah. And I think that yeah. $5 includes five up to five people watching so really um in the us at least i mean hopefully by the time it gets australia it'll be a dollar fifty or two dollars per person approximately so you know around the ten dollar mark um but that's way cheaper than netflix and stan and all the other competitors Mm,
1: and it'll be interesting because i think they've already announced that they are working with steven spielberg's um production company trying to create some original content so when we get a bit more news about that it'll be interesting to see how many people jump on the platform. And um, because the news that comes out of obviously these product launches is more America centric. So they talked a lot about how it integrates with, you know, cable over there and how you can, you know, pick and choose what channels you want. Um, Yeah, but it's pretty interesting that they are really doubling down on this subscription model. um,
0: Yeah. Sort of uh,
1: products as a service
0: that's it they're becoming more of like a yeah service services business but i guess for everyone listening um it's an indication of i mean we've seen this shift happen over a long period of time um there was a big big sort of outcry when um well when office became a subscription model when um adobe's creative suite became a subscription model um I guess the signs have been there for a long, long time, that the subscription model is where it's at. Um, And this is just further evidence that the subscription model is, is what people are looking for. Um, I mean, they're doing the same in the gaming space. Um, I don't know if you've heard much about it Hayden, but um, there's big talk about um, gaming going, going to the subscription model. So you don't buy, the game once and then you know have your stream account or whatever it may be you continue to have a subscription that lets you play a whole bunch of games um well the funny thing is this games have been doing this for the longest time like playstation
1: plus um games for gold on xbox and now even the nintendo is doing it with their online subscription where basically uh you don't get access to the whole um back catalog of games like it looks like you will on apple arcade mm-hmm. but with these other platforms they will give you free games um, every month you know they tend to be older ones but they are triple a games which means that they're full you know uh, retail releases like fallout and games of that ilk
0: mm-hmm. um
1: yeah so they've been experimenting with this for a while and i think i worry about it because especially in the game space because not so much for ios games but for obviously full console release is that the development costs of these games is so high. And I wonder what the revenue split um, is for these developers whose games are on these platforms, how much of that $5.99 or $4.99 a month they actually see, uh, whether Apple pays them up front um, to be on this um, Uh. platform. But yeah, I think it's something that is, especially in the gaming space, consumers have been very um, familiar with for a while now. So it's uh, not surprising that Apple is dipping their toe in that pool.
0: Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of potential even for smaller businesses um, to go to even more like a subscription model. I uh, last week I was talking to a bookkeeper and again, businesses like this traditionally have been very much, you know, how much work do I, do we have to do for you? We'll then charge you at the end of the month. But they go into, they, they, they operate in a model where um, they can do your, say, your quarterly BAS report and they would mm. then charge you a monthly fee. So, yes, you only do it four times a year in terms of the BAS report, but they they do it like subscription model. Um, mm. So, I guess a big takeaway for smaller businesses in here uh, it, when it comes to this whole subscription subscri- subscription model <laughs> got they no, eventually um is to look at ways to minimize the cost up front for their clientele for their customers um yep. but to overall build a business um that is still sound and robust and still profitable um and instead of i guess taking money up front it's more about taking um money over a period of time um so yeah that- having
1: a constant revenue stream and i think it's a big implication for small businesses because, as we know, the service economy is booming. Uh, more people are getting into service industries, especially small businesses mm. because, you know, low overheads and stuff like that. It's not surprising that it's happening on the top end now, especially as with well. all these yeah. tech companies.
0: The only concern, I guess, with all this is that um, it's becoming increasingly sort of this renting model of you're just sort of paying to use and then as soon as you stop... Yeah, you-
1: you, have the, you own the license to the product rather than owning the product itself. Yeah,
0: is. yeah, which is a fundamental shift in how um, we used to think, but I guess yeah. about joining, joining the, the modern world. Um, last week we heard about, um, I guess we're just moving on to another article. Last week we heard about um, Facebook um, really finally launching their um, dating. Um, Facebook dating stuff, Um, which it's interesting because I don't know if you've been on Facebook today, but on my app, there was actually a pop-up saying that you can now actually buy movie tickets directly on Facebook. Um, Oh, okay. Like literally it was a Facebook pop-up. So it wasn't a notification. It was actually just Facebook just separately pushing, pushing this um, buy movie tickets on Facebook option. Um, Mm. It's a move the way I see it, it's a move Facebook to, I guess, just be the hub of hub of your life and hub of everything. Yeah. Um, It's a, it's an interesting move, but I guess to me, this just highlights the fact that um, people who've built businesses on Facebook pages and Facebook groups um, really shouldn't sort of be resting on their laurels. They should be uh, looking at probably creating something on, on a, on a separate platform that's owned by them by them rather than by Facebook. Um, just, just cause for me, this sort of points at, um, I don't know, it, it, it instills a little bit of fear that Facebook is sort of, <laughs> it's a matter of time before Facebook will just introduce a product that's in your niche, whatever you do, whatever, whatever you are. And they're
1: going to monopolize everything yeah, out of their scale, of- their data storage ability.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cause they, uh, let's be honest, they know everything about you already. So mm. moving to, you know, something like movies, they can track what you're, what you're talking about with your friends on, on messenger, and then just pitch a movie ticket for you to you at a 20% discount, or, you know, they can use the algorithms to know when you like to go to the movies. Um, and, you know, if you're, if you're a cinema, um, they could really sort of squeeze the margins out of you by saying listen we'll send you we'll send you a customer we'll send you five customers but we want 50 percent of the cut um Uh, i mean i i get
1: that worry i get that worry i think uh, i think to me it's probably more of a future-proofing thing for google i think eventually there will be same day digital releases for um, movies that come out in cinemas and they can also be streamed on devices as well i think we're heading towards that future Mm. Especially now that you know Netflix and all these other streaming services have, um, you know, movies that they release day and date on their platforms, like Bright, that one that came out with Will Smith last year. And I think for other businesses, I definitely get that worry, but for the cinemas, I think going to the movies will become an increasingly boutique, um, you know, luxury mm. sort of thing to do. Where and you can see it now, like if you go to Hoyts around australia they're putting in less seats and making the seats you know reclinable um and that pushes ticket prices up so i think google i i say all this to say that i think google is going to have a system there so when they can you know have a google movies platform that they had to Mm. you know their service line that they can advertise it to you and you can buy it right there and
0: and just watch it straight away yeah I, yeah, this this all just, I guess, leads back to the flip side of, of what you're saying of, you know, um, it becoming more and more important for you to own, you know, a home on the internet that is not a Google page or a or a Facebook page or a Facebook group. Um, oh, that's yeah. I see it. I mean, yeah, just to, not to get too sidetracked,
1: but I think that's a really important point because a popular Instagram account, Brown Cardigan, I don't know if you've ever heard of them. No. They're basically a meme page um, with a pretty pretty big following on Instagram got shut down over the weekend because they do post some raunchy content, um, you know, not so much making fun of people, but, you know, um, showing people who are doing crazy stuff um, right. in Australia. And, you know, they are a big account followed by people like Ben Simmons, you know, the NBA player and stuff. And they got shut down just out of nowhere because Instagram just flagged all their content. And luckily enough, you know, they have such a engaged user base that they, you know, platformed for them and got them back online. But Mm. I mean, if you're an influencer and you post, you know, pretty not safe for work, you know, risque content, you just get shut down like that. It is a, you know, a big worry.
0: That's it. Even, even for a brand, I guess um, if you had a business that you built out a huge presence on it, on Instagram for, and um, that sort of didn't align with Instagram's interests or Facebook's interests to be, to be more accurate. um, The fact that they could just shut you down, it's, it's, it's scary. Um, But again, these, these guys are only, in my opinion, getting bigger and by monopolizing, they're trying to monopolize every industry that they can, which is fair enough. But yeah, um, I guess speaks to um, the importance of you know building out more of a home on the on the internet for yourself and for your business that you're not so reliant on on Facebooks and Instagrams of the world. Moving on to the next article, uh, Afterpay joining um, some some really really uh, special company becoming um, one of the, one of the most valuable australian brands in 2019 so um they've made the top 20 um and this is this is uh, the annual brand z top 40 by wpp and Kantar. they they um are research organizations who essentially just publish this benchmark um and afterpay is broken into it it's it's very timely because it was just last week that i was talking to a client of ours who uh, ours meaning future theories who um integrated with afterpay um and use afterpay on their website um and a majority i think i think some some weeks and some months up to 90% of of the um shopping carts um they go through are afterpaid. um so interesting that 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 um they've joined the top 40 i'm not surprised i think they're they're valued at around five billion billion dollars so
1: yeah i just wanted to chuck it in basically to highlight you know to the people how big of a trend this is i mean um australia currently has two unicorn um fintech companies that operate in australia or no three but two that are the payment model that afterpay <laughs> uses so one's obviously afterpay and the other is ZipPay. Yes, and these things and it's crazy to know that they're on like so they're number 20 in the most valuable brands that Australia has right now and you know they weren't even (laughs) weren't even a thing a couple of years ago and they're like rubbing shoulders with a lot of retail (laughs) giants like you know they've overtaken David Jones they've overtaken Big W and obviously that's not surprising retail storefronts have been on the decline for a long time now
0: Again, they they seem to the 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 top forty or or WPP and um Cantar also seem to think that uh, or estimate that Australia's biggest brands have dropped five percent in total value. There's about 144 billion Australian dollars in total value, um, led by the telecommunications sector, who've who've dropped eighteen percent. Um, Again, no surprise. I would say um, they're being squeezed. People will need more and more data. People are um, there's just way way too many options, or well, heaps of options nowadays. Yeah. You can go into a, like an a May sim or a secondary sort of offering and get a lot more data. So the big players have had to compete. Um, yeah. Unlike in the past, where Telstra could charge you, you know, five times as much for um, half the data as a small player. Um,
1: yeah, because they
0: owned all the infrastructure and stuff
1: like that. I don't really feel too bad for them, to be honest. I think the oligopoly of the telecommunications industry has really been anti-consumer for a long time. I mean, to mm. think in our lifetime that we paid 25 cents per text like yeah. on a prepaid plan is just crazy. <laughs> Thinking how small that data is, it's like probably one kilobyte, two kilobytes of text data, yeah. and I paid 25 cents for that. Like,
0: And now it's unlimited on like a $10 per month plan so it goes to show you it's they they made a whole lot of money at, at one point and now they're sort of being squeezed um but again it's it, it's it goes into you know even the banks and and a lot of those are organizations you sort of look at them and go yeah okay you're you're being squeezed now but you did so well for a while well for a long time and squeezed us us for a long time so uh, time to pay your debts back. Um, moving on, Google is now showing their competitor ads on local business profiles. To me, this is insane. Not surprising, but crazy. Like SEO is massive, but could you imagine if I, you know, sold you and sold you on my platform? You then hopped on board, and then I advertised your competitors underneath because, despite people looking for. Exactly you. I mean they're essentially looking yeah. for, you know, Hayden and there's ads underneath saying talk to Jermaine instead because Jermaine paid me paid money um to to hop on this ad and and sort of um essentially take take interest away from you. That's yeah. So
1: for the listeners at home who really don't understand the concept, because it is a little bit um complicated. When you search up a business, it has the Google profile on the side where basically you know, the title of the business, its address, its web address, um, you know, all that good stuff. But now what they're adding to the bottom of that is related um, businesses and you can click on them and get their business profile up. So, for example, if I was searching uh, Canberra Toyota dealership, it would have a Hyundai dealership right under it.
0: As long as Hyundai is sort of paying for the advertising. So the catch here is I think that Google's again just... uh, going after the money, Uh, you you can't blame them. But again, uh, I guess the markets, hopefully I would, I would hope that the market sort of corrects, corrects, corrects itself. um, By a lack of interest by advertisers or something along those lines.
1: I think there'll be a significant pushback. I mean, the amount of money that's dedicated to SEO, I feel like this is sort of a slap in the face to that where it's like we paid all this money, You know, for Google Ads and to be optimised on your platform, and now you're just just because you're getting money from our competitors, you're direct. Like, I feel like Google is just like playing both sides of the war here, so they always come out on top. Yeah, and I think yeah, because of how big they are, it's going to be a a big struggle for companies to get them to change this but i think there will be a compromise on people's part
0: yeah and then the thing is this isn't so much of an issue on desktop because on desktop you've essentially got the main search results and then on the right hand side you get a little sort of pop-up the big problem here is mobile um in that often mobile pushes pushes these responses all the way to the top of search results yeah it takes up the whole screen basically exactly Exactly. And, and then you, Safari, yeah. um, you add to that the fact that mobile people browsing through their mobiles, just numbers keep going up as a percentage higher and yeah. higher. And you, you get to this sort of space where the majority of people browsing see ads um, that, that again, Google's just making money left, right and center in, in every, every single perceivable way in this, in this scenario. But um uh, it's very relevant. And it goes back to, again, the conversations that we we had around sort of owning your platform and I guess using, not seeing these places as um, the end all be all of your online marketing. That's it. Yeah. Sort of hedging your bets as uh, with a whole bunch of options to, um, to generate leads and acquire leads for yourself. Um, Yeah. Moving swiftly on to another, uh, this is again, very relevant, 49 states and the District of District of Columbia are pushing an antitrust investigation against Google. Um, so that's obviously happening in the US. Uh, there's a there's a uh, New York Attorney General, Letitia James saying that Google's control over nearly every aspect of our lives has placed the company at the center of our digital economy. So very relevant here. Um, they're, they're sort of pushing these antitrust, um, trust, uh, I guess investigations. Um, mm. but you know, Facebook, Google, Apple, Amazon, everyone, literally everyone getting uh, is getting yeah. investigated. getting investigated. Um, so again, hopefully, I mean, maybe this is one big case for, for government, um, to sort of try and control it, and manage it. But the question I yeah. guess comes back to how do they do it? They're going to sort of have to force, um almost artificially manipulate um the the influence that these companies have because yeah but
1: the thing is like you say that like it's a foreign concept but monopolies are broken up by governments Mm -hmm. every day i mean like there is so much economic literature that talks about how inefficient they are because you know if you read the article basically what they worry about is that they're doing stuff is that is anti-competitive you know Mm -hmm. And basically, that means that the consumer loses out, they have problems. and it with data, it's even more so of an issue because when you control the information, you control the masses. I mean, that, ask Rupert Murdoch about that, and he'll be able to tell you <laughs> how important it is to own newspapers, even though you know newspapers aren't making any money. And basically, another thing they bring up in here is that these companies, because they have political slants, you know one side or the other, they're really dangerous and if it's not regulated then not only could this be like a business problem but this could be a major social problem in going forward yeah Uh, so i i think it's good that they're being looked at and you know this probably transitions well into that story about youtube getting fined 170 million dollars by the u.s trade commission for advertising to kids it's it's it just seems like
0: crazy um how
1: many slaps on the wrist are they going to get because the article is funny because it's like $170 million fine, which is about two days' worth of revenue for,
0: <laughs> for YouTube. So which really is nothing. Um, nothing. Two Two days, so one 150th one, one of, their, of their annual revenue. Not even that. Yep. Um, for, do, for doing
1: something like for p- people who don't know, basically, they're trying to regulate how YouTube advertises to kids because, you know, if you watch TV, there are certain restrictions to what ads you can show how they're shown to kids, because obviously they don't have the, they're not cognitively developed enough to be able to discern what's an ad what's, you know, um, content to be enjoyed. And so it can just seem a bit, um, a bit of like exploitation Mm. on the company's behalf, but basically these regulations don't exist in the YouTube space. So you'll see a lot of, um, people who aim their content at young YouTubers will shill merch in the videos and, um, Will just make mindless content, and their ads will be like playing throughout the video and stuff like that, so yeah, that's what the Federal trade commission of the u s is trying to get YouTube to do
0: and basically. to control I guess again just another sign of government and laws sort of catching up to this new media, which it's again funny to sort of say it out loud because you no one would say you no know, one would call YouTube new um but it takes a little bit of time to get, it it sort of reminds me of formula one where, you know, the, the, Game the aim of the game in Formula One as a, as a racing motorsport um, is um, to essentially skirt and sort of blow the lines between what's allowed within the rules and not allowed within the rules, and then you know it often happens that someone does something they they really succeed within in one season, and then for next season they they introduce new laws to sort of rein that back or make it um, accessible to everyone, um, and this is just another another way of essentially doing the same thing where organizations. And I mean, Ryan Toys Review, um, which is one, one group, uh, one, one Facebook channel earned 22 million us dollars in 2018, which is mind blowing. And, yep. um, 90% of the material, um, references products that are designed for children under five years old, um, combine that with the YouTube kids app. And you suddenly get this world of, it's 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 wrong isn't it i mean oh
1: it's wrong but like and i'm sure there will be contrarians out there saying that oh you do know transformers was made to sell toys and you know Mm. all cartoons are essentially made to sell merchandise and be profitable i know they're not made you know as charity cases (laughs) but, but this is taking it to the next level where it's like at least these shows had animators and you know writers and people who were you know creating good content whereas this i mean I've like delved into this topic just because I have little cousins and I'm interested in it. It is brain dead content. It is really exploitative mm. because it's, it's not something that anyone over the age of eight could watch. And it really is like, they're playing with toys. They're playing with jellies.
0: It's sort of those bright lights um, designed to attract kids, which when you put it that way in real life, would be very wrong you would look at that i mean if there was a store that was designed to attract five-year-olds you would think that that should be illegal Um,
1: well that's the thing it's like i'm pretty sure in australia don't quote me on it but you can't actually play certain types of ads during the ads break and like saturday morning cartoons right but now that youtube has become the new saturday morning cartoons Mm -hmm. there is no restrictions on it and they're making money hand over fist because of this and it's exploitative and like I'm usually a big believer in, you know, you're a consumer. You should take responsibility for yourself um, and make decisions and not be, you know, taken in by all these marketing ploys. But Mm. as a kid, like there has been stacks and stacks of evidence to say that they're not smart enough to discern what's advertising exactly and, what's not. I mean, and, that's, and it's super dangerous
0: exactly they're not they're not like they're kids right it's yeah they, they haven't gone through what is needed i mean one would argue that even at 16 some people still don't don't have what it takes to make uh responsible decisions for themselves um yeah Uh, let alone when the cards are stacked against them and they've used psychology to design something that is meant to be attractive to you. Um, That just makes it even harder. Um, We'll wrap things up with the last article, uh, which is Spotify acquiring sound better. So it seems like Spotify is just on a big, big spending spree to acquire um, sound. Or these sorts of companies, um, they recently acquired Anchor, which is a company that we actually used to host our podcast, and dis- yeah, yeah. shout-out Anchor. <laughs> um, and now it's acquired Sound Better, which is a music production marketplace for uh, artists, really, um, mm. and they haven't disclosed how much um, they paid for it, but I think Spotify wants to become sort of the YouTube um, of, of the music world um yeah again fair enough i don't i don't see anyone sort of soundcloud sort of struggled over the years spotify's got the advantage of having um licenses to actually have you know real music on there like artists like record label uh contracts and deals yeah so um it's it's an in, it's an interesting move. I'm not sure that Spotify is still profitable. So this is all about, I guess, building out a huge base um, to eventually become profitable.
1: Well, I think yeah, I think with the proliferation of being able to share your music on the internet, that Spotify wants to sort of create this marketplace, release this um, you know platform where you can release your music independently. Because traditionally, the problem with being a musician is that you know, even if you're really good, you're really talented, like you don't know people who play certain type of instruments. You mm-hmm. can't get in contact with good quality sound engineers. Um, and that's what the label basically back in the day was paying for. It was paying for your studio time. It was paying for you to link up with other artists who were on the label and stuff. So this is all a big ploy for people who want to stay independent and not be sort of um, effed over mm-hmm. by those contracts because they are very predatory. Um, if you want to know a bit more about that search up 360 deals and why they're so horrible but yeah I think this is an effort to get that independent crowd who has sort of been bubbling under the surface on platforms like SoundCloud yeah to really you know um, so the next generation can basically um, link up with other professionals without the need to go through music managers and R reps and stuff like that and release it on the internet independently yeah which I think is a good I think is a good thing but I've heard mixed reviews about the platform and I'm not sure how many people actually utilize it yet. So maybe when Spotify does a rebrand, puts some money behind it, it becomes a bit more popular, but
0: that's it. Now. Just, just yeah. wait and see. They obviously saw something worth buying and paying for that they couldn't have done themselves. So um, yeah, with that, we'll, we'll wrap it up um, as usual. All the all the um, articles we've talked about will be available in the description. Um, if you have any thoughts, if you have um, any feedback at all or news that you'd like us to discuss more about, um, we'd, we'd love to do so. So reach out to us, uh, send us an email, um, probably just email Hayden, um, Hayden at Future, so F-U-T-U-R-E-T-R-I dot B-E. So that's Future Tribe. Um, so email Hayden at Future Tribe. Um, we we have considered and thought about doing um separate um podcasts where there's big news items to talk about so perhaps something that um you like to hear more of uh just let us know because at the end of the day we're, we're doing this for you the listeners um and where it's all about uh keeping you in the loop and um helping you be be a better business person a, a better um go-getter as as we like to say um thanks for joining me hayden um talk Not soon a problem yep 100 percent. awesome see you next week Thanks for listening to another episode of the future drive podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. It goes a long way to helping us. If you have any thoughts, questions or comments, email us at hello at f-u-t-u-r-e-t-r-i.be. If you haven't already become a part of the tribe on Facebook, go to futuretribe slash F B and invite your friends We're just getting started, and we would love to see you there. That's it from us. I hope this episode has empowered you to keep working on bettering your future. It's a pleasure to have you as part of the tribe. See you next time.